five in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it news? Hello, and a very warm welcome to episode 0422 of Five in the Eye, Colourful Radio's news review show broadcast every Friday morning on DAB in London and South East, as well as via apps and online streaming. This is Phil Woodford in the hot seat after a couple of weeks away. Thanks so much to Olu, Alake, and uh, Judge Bob Makara for standing in for me. And joining Phil by Zoom this week, it's me, Michael O'Hajura, revealing that our top story is going to be Labour's Green backsliding. Following the Tory win in the Uxbridge by-election, critics have been have been accusing the party of going lukewarm about their policies to stop the world from heating up. Five in the eye. And for story number two, it's the worrying prospect of the billionaire Elon Musk controlling half the satellites in space. And for story number three, we ask, just how spicy do you like your food? Entrepreneur Pat Hines is riding the wave of interest in hot sauce, and he joins us on the show to tell us about his passion, Guyanese food. What's story number four? Well, it's the man who's become a professional at attending stag parties. He spent 50 grand traveling the world with prospective grooms that he doesn't even know. And our final story this week, to wrap up the five, we head for the zoo in China, where it seems as if the bears in the enclosure might actually be human beings dressed up in costumes. Have you been moonlighting again, Michael? And that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. We've got to kick off the show this week with uh, the Labour response to failing to win Boris Johnson's seat in Uxbridge. I was just shocked how they tinned in on themselves. They did, you know, they said, they they, they criticised um, uh, Sadiq Khan for his, for his Uli's strategy. They started to backtrack on, on uh, the, 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 the green strategies. This follows the £28 billion withdrawal, you know, that uh, the, 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 the Shadow Chancellor, Rachel Rees, was talking about. We're not going to go ahead on that now. So they're, they're starting to relook or rethink the the strategy, and I think this is outrageous, Phil. Rather than doubling down on, you know, their motto is a fairer, greener future. You know, that's what we're about: making the world better for us all. And the environment. This is about the environment. The ULES extending ULES. Yes, you know, there's a price, but there's a benefit. And what I'm frustrated that we would labour on now for for not fighting their corner. They're not going on the attack, and quite the opposite. They're letting letting the the the, the Tories take the, the 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 green high ground. What was it? What was it? What was it? Um, Sunak said last week, um, or earlier this week, I'm on the side of the motorists. And the, just as Labour are backtracking on their greens, the the green strategy, so are Conservatives. But they're seen as an electoral advantage, whereas Labour was seen as on the back foot. So Phil, you know. I know you don't like me saying this, eh? but Labour have got to get on the front, but they've got to be offensive, a bit aggressive. And it seems that the, the left doesn't like being aggressive, doubling down on the, on what they believe. No, they backtrack. Oh, no, we're going to change change our mind. We're going to go back on that. No, no, no. Forward on the front foot, Phil. Come on, no back foot. Yeah, either. yeah. I mean, I, I think you know, we, there's still very big contrast between Labour and the Tories. For instance, um, this week, um, Sunak made a point of announcing new licences for oil and gas, up to 100 new licences for 
the oil and gas exploration, Labour's very clear that it wouldn't issue any more of those licenses. So there's a very, you know, there's a very clear divide, I would argue, between parties. I mean, what what the Tories sense, I feel, is that they found one of these wedge issues, which will help perhaps to bring back a narrow group of former Tory voters. And these people are yeah, they drive cars and they probably would see you, Les, as a as a kind of imposition, whether from a, a tax perspective or a kind of overbearing governmental pro-green perspective. Um, and uh, they might also be people who are concerned um, about our energy security um, in the light of kind of uh, the, the war that's going on between Russia and Ukraine. And um the, the key thing here, Michael, for me, with the politics of all this, is that the British electoral system is so broken that the election is built around a very, very small group of people, really. It's people who, you know, it, it, it's the people who are going to make the difference for the Tories. And now, Labour needs to hold on to those people that it's managed to win over since 2019. The Tories need to win them back. And this is where all this green debate is, is is going at the moment. Phil, you're on the money. We've got that narrow gap, that narrow gap. It's in the margins, in the margins. So every vote counts, literally. And what I find quite sinister about this Ulez um, in, uh, in Oxbridge, it was won by, what, less than 500 votes. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at social media, how social media was used, mm-hmm. these fake accounts. And we're much more sophisticated with fake accounts now in terms of the images around them, the content, particularly now what we can do with AI, which is being done with artificial intelligence to create substantial accounts. Because in the past, these accounts were just retweets, no content. But now they've got content. They're given almost a personality. So you don't know, or it's hard to know who these accounts are. And we're working in the margins here. So we've got to be doubly sensitive to it. Because you can buy. You can literally buy a hundred thousand user followers, an account, and give them an identity. And that. So it takes. If you've got the money, you can do these things. Now I'm not saying the Tories do it. The, the, the Tory party does it, but maybe Tory party friends mm-hmm. want to yeah. disrupt the votes. Well, you know, it's a murky. It's a murky old world out there, Michael. And you know, politics. I guess has always been a dirty business, but now with all the digital media that's available to people, um, sometimes it's hard, very hard to see kind of uh, where, where the messages originate, how they've been targeted at people and, and, and so on. I mean, I've seen a very, um, very powerful leaflet that the Tories have been distributing in South London, which basically um, presents itself as a ULES penalty charge notice. And so when it comes through the door, it looks like you've been fined. Um, and when you open it up, it's actually, uh, you know, a, a diatribe against the, against the ULES. Now, the, the Tories here, this is dirty. It's it, it's it's nasty, Michael, but it's very, very effective. They, 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 they're getting their mojo back is what I feel with this green stuff. Phil, Phil I think that well, Labour should double down again. You know, I saw Karen was complaining that the, the Tory parties are, are using our policies on their leaflets, using t- Labour parties on, on Tory leaflets, and so to say, look what Labour are doing. And he should say, yes, this is what we're doing. 
double down. Believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. No backtracking. You know, because Eula is about, it's, it's about a safer climate. It's about I, I, looking I, after our yeah. health. Our children's yeah, yeah. health. Yeah, I agree. No, I mean, I'm, I'm completely... Uh, uh, Phil, Phil, Phil it's a, it was a, a, a Johnson policy. A Johnson oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Policy. I, I, I completely agree. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% on board with the ULES expansion. I think uh, Sadiq Khan has got this absolutely right. It's going to help save lives from, in, in leaving aside the wider climate issue, going to help save lives from pollution in London, which we know, you know, there was that young girl very... Uh, famously, who 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 is found by a coroner's court to have died because of the pollution uh, that exists in London. I mean, it, 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 it's not visible like the old smogs, but it's it's there and it's very very real. I mean, I think that the problem is the ULES gave the Tories a glimpse of a wider issue here, which is that amongst certain voters. The green agenda doesn't play very well. The the drive towards net zero doesn't. Now, most people um, are on board with it, but there is a group of people that the Tories need to come back to them for whom this is a motivating factor. And that's why I say the Tories have got a bit of their mojo back because they sense blood with this. They they sense that they can they can drive a wedge. You talk, you, you call these wedge issues, Phil. I would be the, the, the Labour should use them to their, their advantage. Now, not not double down, not not go back on them. Like they, they started to criticise Sadiq Khan, they started to criticise Milliman. These are the people who who are creating that greener economy that, that the Labour would like. And I would say they need to come back and say, "There's a reason why we're doing this, and this is why. These are the benefits. These are the health, the climate." And ultimately, the financial benefits we create that truly green economy. I was really shocked and, and disappointed to see them, the Tories attacking these uh, what was it the, these low traffic zones. Mm. You know, they're going to rethink that. You know, twenty you know twenty mile an hour outside twenty miles an hour outside of primary school. I feel that makes common sense. A safer environment, you know, rather than this lawless environment, free for all. Go about the speed, not quite the speed you like, but the old 30 miles an hour. Let's, let's bring it down. You know, so for me, Phil, these things are very real because they can make us a better society. They can make us one with the future rather than the, just standing still. Now, there is a challenge, Phil. There's a challenge that it seems to be harder for lower income people to pay for these things, because there's a cost. But that, that's, that's what governments have to do, they have to finesse that cost, you know, and, and, not, and, and, not, and not make it the, 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 for, for the rich people who can afford the electric cars and, and, the, um, and the, the new boilers. They've got to address these issues head on, because that's the future. Now, that's what they believe. If they talk about the, going about the sphere of greener future, then they have to put the money where the mouth is. And make it happen. And for, for the good of us all. Live in the eye. Story number two this week takes us up into space. And um, I was actually quite a little bit shocked to to, to read about this one, Michael, um, because it was covered in quite a few different uh, papers. Um, but there, there's concern over the extent to which Elon Musk, the uh, billionaire, um, business owner, who's of course famously, uh, perhaps most famous for owning 
um, SpaceX and also Twitter, which is now known as X. Um, there was a meeting recently uh, between the Joint Chiefs of Staff in the US and the head of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, and they were discussing Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And um, according to reports, you know, when they're, they're talking about the air defences, battlefield assessments and so on, but they also ended up talking about Elon Musk. And why was that? Because Starlink, the subsidiary of SpaceX that makes satellite technology, is actually quite critical to the way in which the Ukrainians are able to, to prosecute their war against Moscow. And um, so the, the American generals were asked, did they have an assessment of Musk? Um, and because um, the, the Ukrainians can't really be sure of his reliability. And then if you delve a little deeper, um, SpaceX rockets have been going to space pretty much every week over the last few years, and they've been delivering satellites that are about the size of a average sofa into orbit, and uh, that, that they're all connected, you know, to 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 to, to pr providing internet coverage, and um, apparently the, the four and a half thousand Starlink satellites now account for more than fifty percent of all active satellites. And they're all in the hands of Elon Musk. Did this surprise you, Michael, when you were, were reading this? And, and, and what do you think the implications are? I was gobsmacked, gobsmacked that the, the, the American government allowed him to grow and now to export this technology. Because remember back in the day with modems, when I was selling modems, you, you had to get a license for anything but, but faster than um, 200 bit per second modems if you want to export it. To um in those days in Eastern European country, Eastern Balkan, and now they've let this guy this I'm going to use the word mercurial, this mercurial character Elon Musk dominate dominate a, a critical infrastructure. There's, there's one of the pictures I saw from this film was a group of people in Kherson, a town that had just been taken back in Ukraine. They're standing around one of these satellites, and they've all got their mobile phones. And I was reminded of people around water. You know, you see this in 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 the, when there's been a, 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 a in the desert and there's been a famine. People are going hanging, 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 queuing up for water. This was the this was people queuing up for the internet. Such is the criticality of it for our relationships. But then, when you look at the, the military implications of it, you know, the positioning of drones. Mm. What I take you take away from this the fact that in the past it would take them twenty minutes to get a position. On, on whether you're going to send a drone. Now, thanks to Starlink technology, this high-speed internet, it's one minute. So they can be much more agile, much more mobile on the battlefield. This is critical. But in the same article, it talks about Musk withdrawing the internet for, for the military in Ukraine. Think about that, Phil. The, yeah. the one man, one mercurial man with personality issues, the same man who, who banned the user on Twitter, because he criticised his, his his Tesla car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is my my, my, my concern is like it, it, we, we see um, we we see um, Musk's extraordinary uh, penchant for kind of making um, seemingly arbitrary decisions, changing his mind about things from day to day, um, making fundamental transformations 
to businesses like the rebranding of Twitter overnight, for instance, a, a, a brand that's been established since um, since 2008, suddenly became X to fit in with his wider plans and his wider businesses. He seems to be aiming for some kind of app, doesn't he, that, that is the app of everything, uh, whether it be, you know, banking or communication or every aspect of our lives controlled by a single app. And if this man is also the arbiter of whether the satellites are available or whether they're turned on or off or whether he even wants to continue their operation, we're completely in his hands. It's just incredible. It's beyond incredible for the fact that he's got this power and they've let him do it. You know, this for me, I'm going to read the B word of Brexit. This is where we need to be part of the European community and bigger to, 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 to fight against, to have the infrastructure, the money, the deep pockets to build these systems to, to, in, to, that can combat him. Can go, can look, Taiwan isn't getting involved with with, with Starlink because because of his of, of Elon's association with China, because they know that the China could be involved in it. You know, so we look at a fact that the world is is almost beholden to this man. We let we need regulation. We need regulation. Mm. You know, it, it's harder to you know, <laughs> talk about it, if you want to put a, a, a marijuana farm in in California. There's no end of regulation. This guy can put these satellites into space at will and have such great control. So this is where we need regulation, international regulation. Mm-hmm. And this is distressing. I'm going to bring it up to the American. Then we go look to America. In terms of if Trump comes back to power, Trump, Trump and Musk are in the same box. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. But you're reading my mind here. I was going to you know, bring in. Just, I was, I, I was going to bring in Trump as well because you know we, despite the the news that he's been indicted for um, very serious crimes. And we we know that this can play out all the way through the American presidential cycle. And there's even nothing in the American Constitution to stop Trump running for president from prison or even being president from prison. I mean, bizarre as it, completely incredible as it sounds. And, And there is a prospect, I'm afraid, of another Trump presidency. And the thought of a Trump presidency with Elon Musk it's so much in the ascendancy in terms of the these space communications, in terms of social networks and so on, is really, really alarming. I guess this is where Britain, what can Britain do to stand up on that? We had our own company, our own satellite company, that failed to lack of money. Lack of money. So we 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 are literally on the edge <laughs> looking in, using these resources. And I guess in in a nicer world, it would make sense. We we're using this uh this great infrastructure for our own benefits, and I'm with it. But where we are now with 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 Elon Musk and his track record with Tesla, the way he's managed that in terms of the way he's handled complaints with Tesla, the way he's restructured—is that the right word? Twitter, and the ways he's manipulating. At one stage, he had a peace plan for Ukraine. A peace plan for you. A peace plan for Ukraine, which right at the moment would be highly favourable to Russia because they occupy a fifth of Ukraine. I mean, it, it, I'm sorry, no, no, exactly. no, no. So this is this is kind of an empty ending to this story. You know what can we do? You know, I guess in Britain we could say we would nationalise it, but can America can we bring regulation to bear? What power do we have over America? Does Britain have over America? Five in the eye. Okay, let's go on to story number three this week. 
And it was a, it was the headline that caught me. It's in the Guardian, and it reads, "Like eating battery acid, British <laughs> tongues on fire as sales of hot sauce soar. Hot sauce soar. Bat, you know, battery acid. Okay, let's put the battery acid to one side. I've got a good friend, a good a, a good friend, Pat Hines, and he he's selling." The hottest sauce. Let me tell you, it's a bit even hot for me. I love hot sauce. And so I love this story. In fact, really? the idea of Britain, dare I say English people, getting to like hot food, because they always liked hot food, but not too spicy. We've all been here you know, for Indian. We say, I don't want the spicy one. No vindaloo for me, mate. But equally, there are some of us who love a vindaloo. I love food that bites back. So, so look, Pat, you got you got to tell us, well, what, what's going on? You Is, is this... Is this Puff this story, or is it is sales really booming? Are, are the English getting into the, the chilies? Absolutely. It's a super real story. I'm seeing it. I'm living it. I'm in it. And one of the things that's happening is that because of the whole rise of social media, YouTube, street food, people are getting an experience and an opportunity to try cuisines that they couldn't have dreamed of for a great reasonable price. Can I take a random sample of, of of we online? Phil, are you into chilies? Are you into spicy food? Well, I'm more. I have to say, my taste is like more savoury than, than than spicy hot. Uh, you know? I'm more your kind of soy sauce or your marmite or something like that. Right? But when it comes to chilies, I'm a bit of a coward. Bit of a coward. So, like, how hot is it, Matt, Pat? This is a chance for you to plug your product. Absolutely, cool. <laughs> we give you our full permission to plug the product and tell us how hot is it, and uh, well, would it would it blow my head off? Nothing to do with it. For me, I'm in the flavor game of this hot sauce part. We've got mild, we've got mild medium, we've got medium, we've got sweetheart, and we've got nice and hot. So, so is this like Madras to Vindaloo then? You got that kind of it's a great way to say it. if you want to kind of explain it like that, we've got, for an example, a korma. Yeah, oh, right? like all, a all korma. the way to a gel frazy, right? Whoa, whoa. But everything is flavor first. That's where we come into play. That's what we do. Tell us, tell us, tell our listeners, Pat, about uh, about the name of your product first of all, and also yes. a, a, a little bit about the backstory here. How did you get into this, this yes. business? Absolutely cool. So I'm Pat. To start with, uh, company's called Pat and Pinkies. Uh, we launched 2019, and basically our story is all about the cuisine, the culture, the flavor, and the food of Guyana, South America. I was in a marketing, I ran a marketing company for like 26 years, went back to Guyana to see my father, of which I've been going back since I've been 18 months of age. But because I had a break, because he was always coming over, when I then went over, something kind of clicked in my mind that with all these skill sets that I've got, I think I can kind of reinvent myself and do something that I really want to do. Even though I loved my previous business, I kind of fell out of love with it for love with it for a bit. And what I found is nobody, if they weren't Guyanese, Guyanese family, next door neighbor, girlfriend, husband, partner knew what the cuisine was about. And I know it's one of the best cuisines in the world. But, but I thought it's time what, to educate. Is, is, is it that a fusion of that I say? African perfect. and Indian, perfect. That, that, perfect. That coming together to create, you know, one-on-one making seventy-two, making I said, something special. I, I said we can go to infinity on the back of seventy-two. We have Amerindian as the indigenous culture. We have African on the back of slavery. 
We have Chinese, Indian, East Indian, and Portuguese on the back of indented servership. We have Dutch and England, English that owned everybody at the time. So we do fish and chips in Guyana, but it's planted. We do cheese pie, which is another for quiche. So the fusion, if you go to a Guyanese party, you will have Guyanese food, but on the plate would be African, Chinese, and Indian, and nobody clashes. It's just sweet tasting. And I just felt that that was something that we needed to start telling the world about, you know? So I knew that for me, the starting point had to be sauces because back in the day, every house used to make their own pepper sauce, trendy word, hot sauce. And that's how we started. So it's, it's a family recipe. Is, 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 is it secret? It's is, a very funny thing. Everybody asks me, is it a family recipe? Is it my mum's recipe? It is totally my recipe. Oh, no. My mum oh. orchestrates everything <laughs> above. Because she, before she passed away, um, was one of the best cooks that I've ever known up until now. And she passed it on to me, what this thing and the word I call flavor is all about. So my brain just works like a perfumerist that I just taste it in my brain and I make it. In that that story that that Michael quoted from the the Guardian Observer, where you were, um, where you were featured, Pat, you know, they were talking about the general trend for these hot sauces and yeah. going for things that are really hot. There's this chili scale, isn't there, that you can make? Scoville, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was talking about like 30,000 to 50,000 on this scale. And I was thinking, what does this mean? Well, the 30 and 40,000 is at the beginning. When you start dealing with 1.2 million and that kind oh, of stuff right. is where it goes. <laughs> Right. And is there any, I mean, what, at what point does it become like a serious hazard to you? I mean, is Well, it- you have some of the chilies that they then put into a concentrate form. So it's like a pipette drip will change yeah. the whole game. Mm. And there's competitions that people do with that kind of crazy chilli. The Scoville scale, I always thought it was in thousands. You're saying it's tens of thousands. That's I'm like- talking millions it goes yeah, I, I remember there was a brilliant Homer, um, Homer Simpsons episode where yeah. he had the cookout, the chili cookout, and yeah. he lined his mouth. Yeah, he lined his mouth with um, some plastic or something. So, so, and he and he was he was winning the competition, but there was a crack in the plastic pressure. So it went in, and it was brilliant. He started to hallucinate. <laughs> so you know, so some of those mega hot sauces. You yeah, go yeah, yeah. Place. I mean, I mean, it's so funny because there is a big business in that particular blow off your head. I call it the skull and crossbones part of the hot sauce game, right? Where it's just all, you can't really taste anything other than the heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're is, in the flavor it, part. Tell, tell me, Pat, is it a bloke thing or do, or do the women is it a, a bloke thing? Is it men only? Is it because it, oh, I always thought out, it. it's a very good question. And some of the chili festivals that I've gone to on the chili festival where they kind of doing that competition, it's half half. I know some of the I know some of the, the world champion winners and they're women and they just have a weird, you know, like how you have somebody that can can you know do contortion or they can um is it double double boned or whatever? Yeah. They can just eat crazy hot chilies just because of the way it goes down. It just doesn't affect them because they have to be a bit mutant to be able to do it. I, I was amazed in this article. They talk. There's a there's a YouTube channel called Hot Ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's yeah. millions. And this but is where the celebrities try out. 
Just celebrities try out nine. nine I'm going to be upfront here. They were all Americans. I did. There was only two I knew. No, there's what quite was, a few English. There's oh, quite there, a few there, English. There was, there was, Harry yeah, Kane yeah. was on. Yeah, there's quite a few English. Harry Kane didn't get on. And what's but happening with that American. program? But the figures, yeah. 3.5 million yeah. what in I'm two weeks. So you can understand that celebrities now, it's like it's like Saturday Night Live and things like that. We need to get on the show because they're speaking to a hell of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So right? tell, 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 tell us where where is it we can get Pat, Pat and Pinkies? Uh, Pat do, we and the, do we go to the website and it's yeah. uh, direct from you? Or are you uh, aiming to have this in stores? And, Absolutely uh, understand. Well, at the moment, we're in just about under 100 delis and as I call like sexy kind of butchers that you can, you know, buy a chicken and, you know, the great grandparents of it because we've, we've positioned ourselves as a, a mid premium brand. Uh, we're also available online and in Selfridges, and we're just building that whole wholesale and online story. Thank you so much, if I say so myself. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> but Pat, Pat yeah. this, has been this has been hard stuff having you on the show this week. <laughs> And uh, any chance of some samples? No. I'm sure you'll be all right. That's Pat, no, I'm loving you. Thanks so much for coming on. Take care. Cheers. Thanks, now. guys. You take care. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Bye. Mike. Take care. Live in the eye. Story number four this week is to do with a man described in the press as a party animal. And certainly when you hear the amount he spent on going partying, you'd have to agree. £50,000, Michael, Will Stevenson has spent to go on 56 different stag do's in 18 months. And you could say, well, how does how does this man know so many grooms-to-be? Um, and the answer is he doesn't. Because he seems to jump on the bandwagon, and um, he he first got into this by um, winning some kind of competition to join a uh, a bachelor party, and then um, he he decided pretty much to make a career out of it. Um, and so, first of all, he went to a party in Budapest in 2015. He partied with 22 blokes he'd never met before. And then since then, he's been to Tenerife, Gran Canaria, Amsterdam, Australia, Las Vegas. I mean, all over the all over the place. Uh, and you can see the pictures online of him dressed up in the various uh, stag do costumes and so on. Now, he's having to go a little bit perhaps more softly, softly now because he is a married man. He's got kids and, uh, and so on. But a formidable um, effort on his part, Michael, would you agree? He's just lunacy. This is the ultimate party animal. And he put, literally put his hand in his pocket, took himself into debt to party around the world. And I guess he's, there's always, in one cloud of blokes, there's always one that says, what about this? And this may be jumping naked from, from the balcony into the pool, or this may be topping, you know, five tequilas in one go. He strikes me as that bloke, that bloke who kind of whips up the crowd or whips up the group into do all these wild and imaginative things i guess don't you, th- don't you think there'll be hu- there'll be huge expectations of him as well because he's so practiced at the stag party yeah, exactly have a, but then of course he's the kind of you have because he's seen it all done it all he can he can be your advisor your stag official, uh, official stag i mean that's that's his future probably as a consultant on planning stag dudes isn't it don't you think yeah. uh, Some of these do things are extreme i saw one who with they can organize a fake arrest Mm. <laughs> you know, they, they, they can organize. You know, obviously these women come and love you, love you up, and kind of things. But, but it, it for me, 
It's the nakedness that goes on in these dudes that I don't approve of. This <laughs> is me putting my. Well, uh, is, it, is it fair to say, Michael, your home city of Liverpool is a bit of a magnet for stagnant uh, Hindus? Well, having said that, quite unlike Edinburgh and Amsterdam, we bring it on. It's that kind of party city, Liverpool. You know, they do. But they cater them especially. And you want to be careful when you have them because the whole pub will join in. The whole crowd will join in. So somebody have to fight them off in Liverpool because they're all party animals like uh, like our Will here. I saw the article there, Phil. He had three stag dudes of his own. Yeah, yeah, because he, he didn't <laughs> think one was enough, did he, for a man exactly. of his count? I guess you got different, you know, when, when your mate says, oh, I can't make it, I'm doing something like that. Oh, well, we'll have another one for you specially. So, so you know, so everyone gets a chance to go on on on, on Will Stag do. So you got to commend him for that. He should be writing a memoir, 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 or at least have a blog site that he kind of advice for stag stag do goers, the best things to do. And then, you know, the, uh, the Dave Streets, you know, Dave, he he went to his son's stag do. And he, they were playing this thing called bubble football. Have you heard what bubble football is? Uh, tell me, Michael. <laughs> you know, I will tell you. It's a you, you imagine yourself on a beach ball inside a beach ball with legs, but the beach ball is about as wide as you are tall, and you play football bouncing off each other. And I was shocked at Dave, a man of his I mean, age. Yeah, I mean, da- da- Dave. Dave, Dave I mean, no disrespect to Dave, but sh- but 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 surely he he should have retired from the bubble football game by now. <laughs> You try telling that today. He's younger heart. He's younger. He's out there. He's probably bubble footballing now. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. He's both his both his boys are are married now. So I guess his stag do days are over. In fact, maybe we should have him back on the show and ask him if they are. Get, get his view on on our stag do's or his stag day stag day do's over now at his age. Five in the eye. Our final story this week. Story number five. It's one of those things, you know, is that really a story? Is it true? Is it not? And, and what I'm going to the more uncertain I am, it's about a zoo in China. A Jan- and people claim that this this um, bear, this um, Malaysian sun bear, was actually a human being in a costume because the bear stood up, human-like, and waved. But the video went viral. That's not even viral. You see this bear standing up, and at the back of his, the back of his um, fur is kind of ruffled up. It's a bit like his trousers are kind of ruffled <laughs> up. So it looks like it looks just like a costume. But but Phil, you've got no end of experts coming on and saying no, it's real. So it's one of those things, you know. <laughs> Conspiracy theories that the people are spreading the word that now it's a human being. Yes, yes, it's a yes, it's a bird. But having said that, the, the um, visit to the zoo have gone, gone up was twenty thousand, and in a week or something, it's extraordinary. You know, people want to go and have a look at this bear. You know, is it is it human or is it mm. a bear? Yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Did you have a look at the video? Could you? Tell I, I did. Yeah, I mean, I have. I have to say, my instincts a bit like you. Where, this is this can't be real. <laughs> this can't be real. This does look this does look very fake. And then you start to think, well, it's a pretty grim job uh, being in a bear costume in a bear enclosure all day in a zoo, isn't it? Um, and 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 then you wonder how long the person's been doing it for. You've but got on barely the, on... anything to do. Barely anything to do. <laughs> but on the other on on the other hand, as you say, um, there, there there seems to be plenty of kind of expert opinion that says. 
actually the sun bear does look a bit like this and that uh, maybe we're kidding ourselves. Um, so, I mean, I, I short of a five in the eye expedition to China to, to investigate for ourselves, Michael. I think we might have to leave this one hanging in the balance. No, 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 I can't bear this, Phil. I can't bear this, but I've got to tell you, you know, doing the research, because you know, we do do research, apparently in uh, Egypt, they painted a donkey with stripes. And guess what they said it was? They said it was a zebra, did they, Michael? Or? Exactly. And there's tales of the dogs being passed as wolves and things. Mm, so you go to the zoo to these days, you can't be, you can barely believe what you see. Yeah, I mean, I suppose an elephant would be a difficult one to pull off, wouldn't it? Or a giraffe. Having a giraffe. Five in the eye. Well, that's it for episode 0422. There's no disguise in the fact that we'll be back in full costume. Follow the show next week at the same time. I can't we hope, bear to wait. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed our look at the week's news. If you have any comments, please do head to our Facebook page. For now, I'm Phil Woodford, and this has been Five in the Eye. And it has indeed. And this is me, Michael Ohajuru, saying, as ever, if you have been, thanks for listening. See you next time. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?